0: Full send with the driver? Check. Piercing iron through the wind? Check. Low checker, high spinner, flop to a tight pin? Check, check, and check. No matter what shot you need to pull off, there's one ball that's better for them all. The all-new TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade. With a newly redesigned dimple pattern, engineered for more distance, more control around the green, and better stability in the wind, it's the hottest tour ball in golf. So no matter what shot you face, there's one ball that's better for all. The TP5 and 5X from TaylorMade.
2: Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Uh, most of you probably know Audible.com uh, because of audiobooks, which they are famous for. Uh, but what you might not know is all the other audio content that they have. So um, sign up for a free trial if you're not already on Audible at audibletrial.com businessgrowth and go explore see what's out there, uh, see what resonates with you. I think you're going to be pleasantly
0: surprised.
2: Over the years, Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast has uh, really gained recognition as a great resource for um, business and entrepreneurs. And that is really because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in a particular area of business. And they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. So, you know, you can get the answers you need, whatever the topic is, you can get information, you can get connected to these folks uh, so that you can do better things in your business. That is what it's all about. Today is no exception. My guest today is Ilana Zivkovich. Ilana is the founder and CEO of Work, a strategic leadership advisory firm headquartered in Austin, Texas. They serve clients around the country and abroad. Alana is an experienced executive leader, certified executive coach, and certified Geno's emotional intelligence practitioner. And she helps leadership teams align their people, processes, and strategy so the businesses can achieve exceptional results. Thanks so much for joining me today, Alana. Great
0: to be here. Thank you.
2: I'm thrilled to have you here. Now, I know that you actually have a background in behavioral science, and I am curious about how you did that pivot uh, from behavioral science to leadership coaching.
0: Yes, and uh, I'll give you a roundabout answer, but my, my, the punchline to the story here is it's all about people. Business itself is all about people. We sort of joke internally at my firm. You know, we work with amazingly talented founders and their teams, um, some of whom have businesses that have gone very far, done extremely well. And at the end of the day, you get behind closed doors, you get in the room where you know the decisions are being made, and it's always just (laughs) people—a group of people getting together, trying to figure out the next right thing to do. the business, you know, whether you're the CEO of Apple or, uh, you know, solopreneur just starting off, it's it's all about people. So the transition from behavioral health science into business, to me, was very organic and very natural. Um, In my personal career, I was uh, working specifically in uh, behavioral health treatment centers, addiction specifically, and had gone from, you know, regional centers to national centers, being a leader of national brands in that space. And uh, what I saw over the years and with different organizations was if we wanted our clients to get better, the only way to do that in a sustainable fashion was to really focus in on our staff. You know, the staff were sort of the consistent element there. And what did that mean? Well, it meant having really great leadership and processes that made Mm. sense and doing change management when things came down the line and having a strategy that was well thought out and well communicated. and you know, all the things that an executive coach like my firm would work with a leader on. Um, And because of, you know, that focus, I started both doing that work more internally, but also being called on to do it more externally, to do, you know, facilitation and speaking and, and, you know, some consulting engagements, that sort of thing. And it's the background really in the behavioral health science side of things that I believe has allowed my firm to be as successful as it is because we're able to really help folks see the dynamics going on amongst the team and the organization, Um, leaning on science, leaning on, you know, things that aren't just our gut intuition, (laughs) but are actual, uh, you know, the science behind the matter, uh, ultimately to help them improve and to help them uh, be the best they can be. So it's been a natural and organic transition and um, one that we really enjoyed. I'll
2: bet. It makes sense when you say it. You know, because when I mean, you think science, I think people like glom onto that word and go, okay, hang on a second. But it really is about people and their behaviors and their triggers and, and all of those uh, sorts and how they work with other people.
0: Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Both the micro sort of inside of one individual and then the macro. So thinking about the team or the organization as a whole you know, yeah. and, and on both levels, it is a science. And once you understand the science behind it, you can really understand how to help.
2: So, which I think it just adds so much to it, because I think when you have, when science, uh, we can use science uh, to back you up, I think it helps people um, accept ideas, because it's not, <laughs> you know, flimsy, I guess is a bad word, but. Uh, it's rooted it's in that a good somewhere. word. Don't
0: yeah, it. it's not just woo-woo. It's not because that's <laughs> right. how you felt today. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, the research has shown if you do yeah. X, Y, and Z. And there's, ton, there's tons of examples of that from different disciplines where we can take a construct, even like happiness, which you might think, oh, happiness, that's just sort of how I feel one day when I wake up, but not the next. No, there's an entire field that has put rigorous science behind studying. What does it take in order for a person to experience happiness and well-being? And once they get there, what does that then open up in their lives? And so there's a whole field, it's called positive psychology that's focused specifically on that. And when we can apply that to leaders and to business, well, then all of a sudden they not only are experiencing more well-being, but that enhanced sense of well-being makes them less reactive to stress, which is endemic to business. It makes them more resilient, it makes them more creative, more innovative, right? But it all stems back to that science part of it, which is um, pretty exciting.
2: Yeah, no kidding. I keep thinking about the science of gratitude and and how there really is a science behind it. Yeah, you know, so you think gratitude, but boy, can totally change your whole physiology. You know, it's totally science-based.
0: Of course. No, I'll ask your listeners real quick. uh, What would you rather do? Win the lottery or do a gratitude journal for six months? Now, if you're like everyone, you would say, well, I'd rather win the lottery. Hello, Alana, stupid question. But let me blow your mind with what the research shows, because we've studied this. When we win the lottery, we, the human, our happiness spikes. It goes way up, because we're thinking, man, this is amazing. My life is going to change, and guess what? It does. But it changes in lots of ways that we want, and in some ways that are kind of those unintended consequences that we don't really want, and we start prioritizing things that are weird. Some of our relationships go sideways. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So if you look at the uh, happiness quotient on like a bar graph, when someone wins the lottery, their happiness spikes up really quickly, but then it starts to go back down, 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 and eventually, after six months, they're the same level of happiness that they were the day before they won the lottery. It doesn't actually change our well-being long-term. It's just a temporary spike. Gratitude journal, wow. on the other hand, does the opposite thing. Gratitude journaling, you start off at your baseline and you watch that line go up, 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 up gradually, but it stays up. And at six months, the gratitude journaler who has picked up that free habit is as happy as the lottery winner was the day they won the lottery and they get to stay there. (laughs) It's it's counterintuitive, but yes, there's find find all these things. And once you know it, you can really kind of shape your decisions and, and hopefully live a much better life. Exactly, okay,
2: so so we are in a time of of incredible um, challenge, stress, crisis, what whatever you want to call it. Um, how does mm-hmm. uh, how does someone know if they're navigating conflict as a leader, like if they're doing it correctly, if they're doing it well?
0: Ah, this is like the question of the moment, navigating conflict, making strategic decisions. Uh, showing up on your, you know, home, probably <laughs> computer, Zoom, or whatever it is. Everyone wants to know, am I doing this right? Yeah. You know, and, and here's the problem, everyone, <laughs> world. <laughs> no, one, no one is doing this, quote, right. There is, no one, there is no one right way. We're right now, all of us, the human race, we are doing some of the hardest stuff we've ever done and making some of the hardest choices we've ever made and doing so completely without a playbook. Um, there is no evidence base of what's the right way to handle a global pandemic of this nature. It just doesn't exist. So we have a lot of our leaders are coming to us and they're very um, concerned. They're, they're earnest. They want to do it right to the to answer to your question. And yes, that comes up with navigating conflict for sure, you know, trying to figure yeah. out what the right way is. And the first message I have is like, we're all in this sort of great state of not really knowing together. (laughs) If if anyone in your life is saying, I am 100% confident in everything I'm doing right now, and every day I wake up and it feels easy and normal, they're just either really detached from themselves or they're bold-faced lying. (laughs) It's just just not the truth of the matter. And so there is no right or wrong. What I will say, and this is coming out of lots of the behavioral science, but also lots of business and organizational science is At this moment in time, there's a really big need for two things. One is uh, resilience, and that relates back to how we're treating ourselves. You know, what degree of permission are we giving ourselves to have some days that we struggle and some days that we feel hopeful? And what are we doing to take care of sort of our emotional hygiene, you know, to really put our own oxygen mask on first, if you will, as a leader Mm -hmm. and, and as a human? And then two, coupling that with empathy, you know, recognizing whenever I get on the phone with someone for a meeting right now, I don't know, does a loved one of theirs have COVID? Mm. Is their business at risk of going out of business because of what this pandemic is doing? You know, are are there things going on in their life that are really, or are they just going crazy being at home with six kids crawling all over them while they're trying <laughs> to get their work done or, you know, whatever case yeah. may be. So. So it's going into those conflict situations, you'll, you'll really bolster your success if you are, one, in tune with yourself and doing what you need to do to take care of yourself first and foremost, and then, two, going into it with a degree of empathy, recognizing we're all sort of in different stages of trauma responses right now, whether we conceptualize it that way or not, and so going into those conflict-oriented conversations with just that extra degree of empathy and a little bit more curiosity. Um, that will probably set you and those around you up for more success right now.
2: I think that's great. It, it's, it's really um, so strange. I mean, so one of the things that, that you said that I think people really need to remember is we are all going through this together, right. potentially differently, but everyone right. is in this soup, right? What, what did someone say to me? Yeah. Uh, we're all... Um, uh, we're all sailing down the same river. We're just doing it in different boats. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. So so everyone's got a different um, relationship with this situation and we are all in it. So yeah. it, it's sort of, um, I think it's a little liberating to, to know that it's, I didn't do anything wrong. I woke up, this situation right. was here, right? So- right. Right. Anyone spending any time worrying about what they were doing really isn't, I don't think it's ever worth a worthwhile exercise, but it's
0: especially not worthwhile now. Well, what's, what's interesting about that, I agree with you very much. And what I would tell your listeners is that that tendency that we have to kind of armchair quarterback ourselves, you know, being yeah. like, was, am I doing this right? Did I react right when I first heard the news of the, you know, virus back in whenever you first heard it, March or February? Um, Am I making the right choice for my business? You know, whatever those questions are, one, it's healthy to ask, you know, it's healthy to be reflective. But when it comes to those, they they get kind of um, tainted a little bit. Those questions start to take on sometimes a fairly self-critical tone, you know, I wish I had known this sooner. I wish I'd reacted differently. I wish I felt more productive right now. I wish I could figure out how to, (laughs) you know, get my two kids to focus on their schoolwork while I run my business from my basement. Right, exactly. What I would say to that is there's actually part of that sort of um, self-critique that is our brain's attempt to be self-protective. And what I mean by that is in situations like this, where there is so much outside of our control, our little brain, it does its best to keep us safe. And so it starts grasping at things that we can convince ourselves could have, would have, should have, or could in the future be within our control. Because frankly, we're waking up every day and just shrugging our shoulders and watching this great, you know, experience unfold. And so when you hear yourself asking that in an excessive way, those types of questions, oftentimes it's just a protective measure that's going on subconsciously where we're trying to keep ourselves safe. And so as scary as it might sound, sometimes the uh, best way to get through it is just to kind of accept that it is, you know, maybe I could have handled things differently. Okay. Maybe today I don't really feel like getting out of bed for a day. Okay. You know, and and (laughs) just really giving ourselves more flexibility, not trying to feign the idea of control when we really just right now, sorry, guys, we just don't have it. (laughs) We have control over
2: very little. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so yeah. true. Which I think is really hard for mm-hmm. leaders and business owners because uh, you know so many of us are so A type, and and we just have to be in control of everything. That that's a hard position to be in.
0: It is, and so you can ask yourself, well, what are the things that are within my control, and get mm. really honest. Most of the stuff is outside of that, you know, internal locus of control circle. How the government responds if your neighbor wears a mask or not if customers come back in june or august or you know whatever that's outside of your circle for the most part but what is inside of it well my attitude my gratitude actually like you, you spoke about earlier oh, yeah. you know my perspective how i treat the people around me how i take care of myself am i drinking enough water <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those things are within our control, and I, I laugh at it, but they matter, you know, if we can just do those little things, and eat a, eat an orange every now and then, and drink some water, don't just have your margarita at, you know, 10 a.m., <laughs> it really will uh, set you up better, that's inside of your control, so focus there, focus your energy on what you can control.
2: Yeah, so, so this feels like this is one of these, um, monitor the things that you can't control and control the things that you can.
0: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, I totally get it. It makes sense to me. Um, If someone's listening and they're thinking to themselves, okay, I I get it. I, I can do that. But how do I optimize my team's performance? Like how do I make sure that we are getting results while we're going through this?
0: what would you say love it yes and that's that's the question on most leaders minds right now and that is a really healthy one and actually for many can be quite energizing once you start to go okay well we're in this circumstance here's all the constraints i'm going to be really honest with myself about that now what do we do about it and um the folks that we're seeing be most successful in this right now they're really taking the opportunity of you know not traveling not you know whether that's getting on a plane or even driving to the office for many you know, having this sort of slower pace, they're taking this opportunity to do a very intentional reset, to look at what has been status quo, sort of business as usual, and where are the opportunities to make that better, and at each step along the way, they're both engaging their team in those conversations and those, you know, decisions, and they are over-communicating what what people (sighs) want right now. They really want a clear path forward. (laughs) And leaders, we're tasked to give them that. And we're tasked to give them that even when we don't really know what the best answer is. So while we might not be able to say, here's exactly what it looks like in August, what we can do is say, hey guys, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get together. We're gonna look at these different data points. We're gonna ask ourselves these different questions. And we're gonna make this decision that's gonna take us through the next week. And here's what I need to see from each of you. You know, people really want clarity. They want over-communication. They want more transparency than normal around how is this affecting the business. You know, what are what are our plans to make sure that we stay solvent? All of that. So, you know, the leaders that are doing this really well right now, they're really throwing themselves into that sort of curious, creative, and very collaborative process with their teams, and the results can be quite breathtaking. We've had some folks that, that we work with that are you know, revamping their business models almost overnight by necessity. And they're walking away and going, wow, why didn't we do this years ago? This is better. (laughs) So it's not always human gloom. It can actually be quite empowering.
2: Yeah. And I love that because I'm a huge proponent of over-communicating, partly because I I think if a leader thinks about over-communicating, at least they will communicate more than Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. typically do. And I I think leaders have this, I think they do two things. I think one is there's certain information they don't wanna share because either they think it makes them vulnerable or they think it's gonna scare people, right? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. there's leaders who don't realize they're not communicating enough. They think everybody knows the direction they're they going in. <laughs> right, right, exactly, right. right,
0: they're like, I think about this all the time, yeah. why don't <laughs> you, right, exactly, and the right. truth is, right. no
2: one else is, right, yeah. right. 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 so yeah. I love that, yeah. that, that, uh, just, and pulling people into the conversation, because that empowers them, and keeps them from feeling nervous, they right. feel like they have some sort of ability to control what's happening to them.
0: Exactly. And they, they, within their sphere of influence, they do. So give it to them. Yeah. You know, help them feel that sense of accomplishment at the end of the day because they've done what's needed from their basement you know, or yeah. their living room couch or wherever they're working from in most cases, right? Yeah, Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. it sounds like yeah. you also have
2: to be understanding that it is not the ideal situation for many people. Right. right, like right. I'm fortunate, I have adult kids and I can go in my office and shut the door, in my house, right? And shut the door right. and they know to leave me alone. But but right. that is not the case for so many people who aren't used to working from home and now they have all this added stuff on
0: top of it. So of course. we have to
2: be reasonable. So, well, my,
0: to- my toddler has yet to come in during this interview. <laughs> so we'll see if we remain that lucky. <laughs> for the duration, but, but yes, you make a very good point. And part of, part of the action that's associated with having that awareness, different people are experiencing this differently based on home factors or even just internal, you know, psychological factors, whatever. Yeah. Um, a piece of advice would be pay attention to where there are those folks on your team who seem really energized. They wanna, they wanna show up and boot up. They wanna be a part of the solution. They wanna get after it. Lean on those people. You know, give them the lion's share of the work and use this as a time. Those people that just, they appear to be really struggling. You may or may not know why, but they're not showing up the way that you're used to. If you have the ability to in the financial structure of your business, give them a little space, you know, stay they checked in with them, all of that, but spend, you know, utilize your time and your energy coalescing the energy of those that for whatever reason, they're really ready to take the ball at this moment. Um, and the rest of
2: them give them a little empathy. That's, that's great advice. Cause then it makes it easier for you to be able to spend some time helping the, the ones who are ha- struggling with finding rhythm, you know, finding a way to, right. to juggle everything. Right. Yeah.
0: That's really great. Yeah. And, and it's so more the, effective and it's also more yeah. humane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it feels like th- this is, um, part of the reason why flexibility is important in leadership. Is that fair to, to say?
0: Oh, yes, now more than ever, flexibility in every sense of the word, flexibility with your strategy, flexibility with your processes, flexibility with your people. You know, it's um, the businesses that, and leaders that will do really well during this time will, one, be lucky to have been in the right industries and sort of, you know, hit in the right way by all of this. Mm-hmm. And two will be extremely adaptable and resilient, you know, and that all starts at the top. So the everything kind of rolls down from the top, you know, so if a leader can model that in their behaviors and their decisions and their attitude, you know, that, that'll roll down into the business. If you do it right.
2: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a quick uh, sponsor break and then I want to continue the conversation after that. Um, So folks, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, that Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast, um, we are thrilled to be sponsored by Audible.com because we love Audible.com. And I think uh, one of the things that I love most about it is I'm in love with the audiobooks. They're easy Um, and I'm used to them, but it's all the other content. There's podcasts, Audible Originals, Guided Meditations, which I have to say is one of my favorite things these days to be able to uh, get a hold of those and get recentered. Uh, so I welcome you to sign up for a free trial at audibletrial.com/slash businessgrowth and explore. Check it out for yourself. Check out the audiobooks and all the other programs and see what uh, you want to keep uh, having around you. And uh, and remember that it's cross-platform, so you can start listening to something uh, in one place and pick it up right where you left off uh, someplace else. So it's uh, it's very easy, and we like easy. Uh, today we are speaking with Alana Zivko- Zivkovich Sorry about ways leaders can survive and thrive during crisis. Okay, so let's talk about um, not panicking and uh, being able to make informed decisions. So, so how does a leader prevent giving into panic, you know, that I'm going to crawl under the covers and come out when this is all over sort of thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, good question. And relates back to what we said earlier, you know, we're all human, Uh, going through this. And when, when there's a crisis around us, oftentimes we're, we're animals at the end of the day, it kicks us into that fight, flight, or freeze, you know, and that's really, it's natural. It's our way of keeping ourselves safe in that subconscious, you know, thank you evolution (laughs) (laughs) that that way. Um, So I think the first step is recognizing if that's your, if that's your knee jerk urge is to hide under the covers or to lash out at a coworker or, you know, Some of those things that we just, we know that's not effective, Um, recognize that. That's a good indication that you need to take a pause, go listen to one of these meditations that we just (laughs) talked about on Audible, or uh, go for a walk, get a coffee, whatever, take care of yourself, um, number one. And then number two is, as we're evaluating information, you know, we, we see people either A, going to panic and being rash or B, having the opposite challenge, which is sort of the analysis paralysis side of things, mm-hmm. you know, where they're trying to make a decision that is bulletproof in the absence of full information. None of us have full information right now. There's so much that's unpredictable. And so, you know, both of those things can become a real um, problem in terms of being effective leading through a crisis. So it's really finding that, that sweet spot. And again, looking at what can you control and what can't you, number one. And then number two, when you're evaluating decisions, looking at what are the decisions that are really critical for your business that could you know, take your business out, so to speak? And what are the ones that, you know, do we send out our blog on a Tuesday or a Thursday? They're not that critical. You know, and, and save your energy as a leader for the ones that are really business critical, that are both urgent and important you know, if they're not both urgent and important, then they probably don't deserve a ton of your energy right now and should be at a delegated pause or stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I love that. Okay, and, and,
2: and talk to me about um, the importance of emotional intelligence in leadership and, and why right now it's even more important
0: it i i wish there was a word that meant like the most important thing ever by far times (laughs) i I think on a normal day emotional intelligence is uh 99 times out of 100 we hear of these leaders that make it to these amazing levels and they're just tuned out to humans and they just happen to be so brilliant that somehow they muscle their way through (laughs) yeah those are rare You know, for the most part, the people that really thrive in business, it's, you know, maybe 10% of what you know or your skills or your talent, quote unquote, or whatever. And it's like 90% how you are with people and how you can think your way and feel your way through relationships and communication. Um, You know, it's, it's just inestimably important. And right now, again, the whole world is in varying degrees and they're showing it in different ways of crisis, everyone that you interact with, all of your vendors, your customers, your team, yourself, or you know, responding to it differently, but it's, it's there. And so emotional intelligence is at its core, it's that ability to be aware of self and to be as aware as possible, as empathetic and sort of tuned into others. And then taking those two sets of awareness and linking them by behaving in a way that sets you and the other person or people up for the outcome that you want to see. You know, it's really, it's really that it's that ability to take the awareness and turn it into the right action. Um, and right now that's what people all around us need. Every time we pick up the phone or send an email or, you know, people really need that, that tuned in, um, approach from leaders in order to be able to function at their best, which is what we need from them (laughs) in order for us and our businesses to be able to function well. So, um, inestimably
2: important. Boy, that feels to me, when you were talking about that, that feels to me like, as leaders, we need to slow down right now and make make sure that we are paying attention because you were saying that and I was thinking, I'm pretty sure I'm sending the same emails (laughs) I was sending Mm -hmm. before all this happened and they might not Mm -hmm. necessarily be, be terribly in tune with the people who are receiving them.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, we have a a great, you know, flaw as humans, we tend to assume that others are experiencing things similarly to however we are, Mm -hmm. you know, so if this, if this is hitting you really hard, and you're devastated, and you're consuming 10 hours of news every day, and just, you know, um, devastated by what's going on, you may have an assumption that others are equally in that same boat. If this has hit you where, gosh, you know, I'm not on planes, I'm not traveling, I feel centered and peaceful, and I'm getting more sleep than ever before, and I'm actually quite hopeful and optimistic, you know, you may also think others are having that. And we just can't make those assumptions right now. It's such a personal, personal journey. All that we can assume is that everyone's life has been extraordinarily disrupted And therefore we need to go into our interactions with an even bigger degree of curiosity so that Mm -hmm. we can show up in that moment with that person in a way that's most appropriate for them and not just make any assumptions about what they are or aren't experiencing. It's it's too, too hot right now. (laughs) Yeah, We've got to be really, really careful.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and I love that. And anyone who knows me knows like curiosity is my favorite thing, especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to business because it keeps mm-hmm. you from so many um, bad decisions, uh, if yeah. you are entering everything with curiosity. So that's great, being even more yeah. curious right now. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, I got
0: that.
2: Okay, so but then what would you suggest um, a, a business do in terms of like measuring progress and measuring outcomes, uh, during a crisis like this?
0: Yes, great question. We do a lot of this, like actual the pragmatic side of like, but wait, how do I actually make my business work? So it's the, <laughs> <There's> <laughs> the that. soft skills and the hard skills, so to speak. Yeah. So um, we have been working with a bunch of different teams. And what's interesting about right now is we, you, your business may have had KPIs before, things that you were measuring that were going to tell you if you were on the right track. Likely in this moment, those KPIs, the very definition of how we're measuring our success and keeping track of if things are working, they probably need to change. You know, if you're a small business owner, maybe you applied for the PPP loan and maybe you're waiting to see if the funds come through or not and then what the rules are to be able to spend them and, you know, things that just literally did not exist two months ago. So um, our recommendation is, and this is a great exercise to do with your team, is that you take a blank slate, and you come up with what are your, you know, you can call them what you want, but sort of your COVID quarantine KPIs, you know, (laughs) what are the things that are most important to track right now, for your business, as well as for your industry, you know, people want to be able to predict what's going to happen, we can't. But what we can do is look at, you know, macro level trends that are happening in the industries that most affect our business, and track those so that we're not kind of waiting on our heels just to see when our personal slice of the economy warms back up, right? But we're out in front of it. Or if you're a business leader that's in one of those industries where this, you know, if you're a grocery store owner, Mazel tov, like good good time for you, likely. Don't you know, so <laughs> maybe, yeah, so maybe what you're tracking is, okay, gosh, how much more do I need to be ordering? Where does my inventory need to be to really keep up with demand, right? But reestablish that list of KPIs based on current circumstances, both for things inside of your business, as well as things outside of your um, business, external to you. And then utilize it as an opportunity to keep the team meaningfully engaged. So assign to different people a task to track X KPI or to report back on Y KPI. Use that as something that keeps the team sort of rowing together. Yeah. Um, that can also keep, you know, not just their engagement, but keep their momentum together where, you know, back to our previous conversations, we, we're not truly in control, but gosh, if we can at least take these little, little measures of control, people really will feel and perform better. Um, so do that, utilize them and, you know, engage them in the process.
2: I love that idea. That's so great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, that, that is terrific. It's so empowering and so realistic that, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and oh, yeah, that that is really great. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, building a successful team. Um, Would you share with us your three key practices for building a
0: successful team? Gosh, just three? (laughs) Yes, I will pick my favorite. I'm picking a favorite child, but I will pick my favorite. So number one, you have to be really honest with yourself about what it is that you need. So before you ever think about who the individual is that's going to fill the seat, you need to really understand from a big picture perspective in your business and on your team, what do you need? You reverse engineer it to build a job description, but you need to understand what's the hole that's going to be filled. What is that ideal candidate going to bring to the table? And how is that going to make the whole truly greater than the sum of its parts? So number one is getting real clarity on what you need before you even start. Um, number two, to build a great team, you need to have a really killer hiring and onboarding process. And those things are separate, but I'll combine them here since you're only giving me three. <laughs> um, but the hiring process, you know, it's, we, we counsel our clients. Anytime that you're interviewing someone, they're interviewing you just as much as you're interviewing them. So that process should be thought out. It should be thorough. It should address all the different needs of your business, while also giving the candidate the opportunity to really see and feel and appreciate what it would be like to be a member of your team. And hopefully, you know, have them walk away going, wow, I, I really want in. You know, I want to be that person. Um, and then onboarding, you know, those those first weeks and months are critical to the person's success. So, so take the time to map that out. Um, And the third thing that I would say, and we do a lot of this work around team performance, is how can you align the members of the team once they're there to really bring the best out of each other? And that we actually lean back on with a variety of different sort of characterological um, workplace assessments that help us look at how does each member of the team tick? You know, how do they make decisions? How do they like to communicate? What types of projects are they going to be really passionate about and really good at? you know, and so we apply some of this science again, we utilize assessments and we do a lot of activities and a lot of um, performance coaching work with teams so that they can understand how each member of the team is showing up and therefore how they can work best together and get the best outcome with each other. Um, So don't, don't skip that, (laughs) you know, just because you've got great talent on your team. It doesn't, you can have a, a, room full of all-stars that can't win a game because they just can't work together well. So don't skip that. Make sure you're, you're really spending the energy once you've got the right people there to help them work well together.
2: Yeah, such a good point. It's such a good point. As you were saying that, I was thinking of um, different basketball teams that I've watched yes. right, and thought, see, yes. this is why these guys can't win a game because they're all right.
0: the best player and they don't know how to share. Right. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly, yeah. and we see that we see that in companies all the time. You get these amazing people that can't turn a profit <laughs> so, <laughs> no.
2: it's so sad uh, yeah.
0: I know it's true. It and I,
2: and I um, love the, the 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 first key, which is not uh create the job around the person right it's right. it's know what you really need, and then, exactly yeah boy because I mean that's the other thing I'll bet you see I know I see it that companies. You know, even especially I would say family owned where they find a place for people and it's not right. it just doesn't work most of the time. Right. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well this is this is really great, Alana. I, I am so thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to you about this and have you share this information with the listeners. I, I think it is critically important. And so will you sh- share with them how they can find you and, and, uh, work and, you know, all of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Best way is through our website, which is, uh, www.workpeople that's spelled W E R Q P E O P L E.com. Um, we've got some, you know, contact submission forms and of course our, uh, 866 number. So feel free to pick up the phone if that's more comfortable for you.
2: Awesome. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. Uh, You know, it's a weird time. I know it is. The great thing about these podcasts is that you can listen to them over and over again. And like this one, I think it is tactical, but also inspiring. So you can listen to it to remind yourself of the self-care that's important and patience and flexibility and uh, knowing, owning that you are not in control as much as you might want to be. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You might want to listen to this one a couple of times, And I'd like to thank our sponsor, audible.com. Uh, go get a free trial at audibletrial.com/businessgrowth and check out the different programs, the audiobooks, uh, the uh, freedom of uh, being able to listen to content. As always, continue to prosper and be curious, and until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth. Goodbye and
0: good day. Hey, guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, <laughs> Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name and Price tool from Progressive.
2: Oh, man, that's a tongue twister,
0: huh? i'm sorry i'm gonna need a few more minutes <coughs> bulbous walrus the bulbous walrus the name your price tool only from progressive the and a foul of the comatose Coxwain. progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law coming up on five minute news i'm anthony davis